Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We have something super awesome in store for you guys today. We have some special moms that are going to come up here and join us. And we have some awesome men who are going to come give us chairs so that we can sit down. So if you guys would like to make your way up this morning, let's give... Just say, thank God we have kids who are having fun. Yeah. My daughter used to cry back there and now she just wants to play all day back there. They're having so much fun. So thanks you guys for loving us and uh, learning how to function in our new building, right? Yes. So um, today we, like Pastor Leslie said, we're gonna do something a little special. Um, we have some moms and we're going to do a little panel. So I know for me, um, I'm gonna make this quick, but uh, for several years I couldn't get pregnant. So Mother's Day was really hard for me. Um, but the Lord miraculously healed me, and so now I have two babies, but I know, but in Mother's Day was always kind of hard, so I think for me, I didn't, we didn't want this to just be like, oh, only moms can receive from this. We want this to be applicable to everyone, because a lot of characteristics that mothers possess just inherently are very, very um, reflective of the Holy Spirit and, and the Father and Jesus. And so we wanted to kind of show you guys what we have mo- as moms have learned about God um, and be able to impart to you, whether you're a mom or you're waiting or you're a man and you are um, have a mom, you know what I mean? So um, we just want it to be kind of applicable to everybody, but there are things that we have learned and we wanna be able to impart to you guys. You go ahead. You want to start with the question? Oh, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I was hogging the mic. Um, okay, so we're going to let you guys introduce yourselves. <laughs> I thought you would get my cue when I did this. Awesome. Well, um, my name is Leslie Brown, and um, yay. The season of motherhood that I'm currently in is I have two teenagers. Uh, one's just graduating from high school and about to start college. And she's at home today. I love you, Moriah. She had her wisdom teeth out. Um, and I have two that are still in elementary school and I have two that are in heaven and I'm gonna hold them forever one day. Um, and so that's my current motherhood journey. Yeah, um, my name is Madison Sponsler. I have two babies. Uh, the oldest one is two, almost three actually. She turns three in June and then I have an eight month old. Um, my name is Roxanne Reed, and I have two boys. Um, they are five and three. And the, yeah, the oh season. yeah, this season of motherhood. Sorry, uh, I'm a single mom. So. My name is Sharon Berry, and <laughs> <laughs> she's got her own fan section over here. <laughs> and I am uh, a grandmother of teenagers, and. Uh, Son, I only have one son, but uh, got two grandsons. Amazing. All right, so we're just gonna ask the moms some questions. We're gonna get their answers. We're gonna see how this goes. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants today, so we'll see how, or our dresses. So we'll see how this goes. Um, okay, so do you wanna ask Leslie? Do you want me to go? Do what do you wanna do? Um, She'll ask, okay. So I'm gonna do the question and then I'll do my answer first so that everybody kind of doesn't feel overwhelmed. But I think... 
Myself, God speaks to me a lot through situations. And sometimes when I feel overwhelmed in my mothering or whatever, I'm like, gosh, what is going on? And then God's like, look, this is like this. You know, almost in the Bible, we see a lot of teaching um, through parables. But the question is, what has God taught you about himself through mothering? And I think for me, what I have learned the most is a little bit, I don't fully have a grasp of it, but um, unanswered prayers or prayers that aren't done as soon as I want. And I think sometimes... Um, like as an example for our children, if my son wants ice cream 10 minutes before bed, I know that's not best for him. And so I'm not trying to withhold something good from him. I'm not trying to say he can never have that, but I'm, I know in my wisdom that that's not the best thing for him. And so I think sometimes when we really struggle with unanswered prayers or with a no or with a not right now from God, it feels like we're being rejected, but we have to remind ourselves that he sees everything and knows everything. And even if it's a no right now, it's not a no forever. So that's me. Yeah, um, I think what the Lord's revealed to me through motherhood or one of the most impactful things would be the value of being a daughter. Um, my children, like in a, they, they give me other than their cuteness and uh, they're like squishy cuddles. They don't give me anything. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up all throughout the night to feed them and to rock them back to sleep. And then all day, they, they're very demanding. Like kids are demanding. <laughs> And I wouldn't change any of it for the world. Like my daughter, she can like punch me in the face and I'm filled with so much love for her. Like yeah. so much, like if you have a toddler, you know, like you could get punched they're, they're wild, you yeah. do. <laughs> and I have so much, there's nothing that she could do. There's nothing that she could do that would change my love for her. And she gives me nothing. And I think like with the Lord, there's nothing that I can do. I can do the worst, the worst. My daughter could grow up to, to commit the most heinous crime and I would love her because I love her because I love her because I love her. Yeah. And I think of that with the Lord um, and just how, how powerful it is to be a daughter. Like, you, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a daughter of the king. But when I think about just how much I love my daughters, what a, valuable, what a valuable place they hold in my life. No one can change that. Nothing anyone says to me mm-hmm. can change that. And so I just, I've realized the full weight of what it means to, to just be a daughter. I don't have to do anything. I, I just have to be, it's who I am. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think for me, what the Lord is teaching and has taught me is trust. Um, in my season of motherhood, it's just me. It's me and my two boys. I have to lean on him for everything. I lean on God for my finances. And that's hard. We, we want to control every part of our life. And when you're a one-income family, it's hard. But God has been so faithful and just provided in ways that I, I could never even have seen coming. Um, but God has taught me just not even to trust him in my, my finances, but just to trust him with my children you know, we want the best for our kids. And, and you know, I have days where it's so hard. It's so hard and I just want to give up and want to stop. But God teaches me, trust, Roxanne, trust. Trust me, I got you. I got you. You're going to make it through this. And I know that being a mother is the most special thing in the world. Um, it's, it's all your emotions Um, but I know by trusting God that we're going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. My goal, my, my journey in this motherhood is to help my boys 
seek and follow Jesus. That is my job as a mother. And I have to trust God with that, that God's going to direct me to the right places, to do the right things, to, to trust him. So, yeah. That's good. That's so good. Well, one thing that I can see in the Lord through being a mother is his infinite, amazing patience. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I laugh sometimes whenever those of you that have toddlers and then we're sitting across the room from them and they're wanting a cupcake now (laughs) and they're having a stroke. They're screaming and hollering. And I just tell my husband, you know what? That's me and the Lord talking yep. right there. That's right. That's <laughs> because so it's, it is. And, you know, his patience, he, it's like we can't let our kids go up this staircase out here because it's dangerous. We can't let them, you know, they have to have an adult. And they get up there as close as they can. And just before their foot touches <laughs> that first step, mama is there grabbing them back. And I'm so thankful for all those times that God just grabbed me back. That's so good. Honestly, I think that Miss Sharon was talking about my children because (laughs) those are all examples that my kids have done. Uh, But I think for me, what the the Lord has really taught me in being a mom is um, how, like, a lot of people would tell me when you get married, you're going to realize how selfish you are. I got married, and it's not that I wasn't selfish, but it... I'm married to a grown man who can do things, right? But when you have a child, they literally need you 24-7. And so I think for me, I realized how selfish I was with my time, how selfish I was with my, with my food. Like I wanna eat my food, but you want half of it and you're two years old, you know? Like I was just realized how selfish I was until I had children. And it has really shown me how to truly like one of our highest callings as a Christian is to be selfless, right? And I didn't realize how much of myself I still wanted to keep until I had a kid. And then I realized, no, like I need to be giving every ounce of myself, not just to my child, but to the Lord. Like how many things do I hold on to that I don't realize that I hold on to? from the Lord. So I think for me, that's what the Lord has really been teaching me in this season. Um, I didn't tell you guys, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So there's that, toddlers, toddler life. Um, And so we'll go on to the next question since I have the mic. Do you care if I just say it? Okay. So um, (laughs) we wanted to talk a little bit about how your relationship has kind of ebbed and flowed since you become a mother. I think that you know, in all of our lives, our relationship with the Lord ebbs and flows, right? You know, there's really hard seasons. There's really any season of your life, right? Your marriage, your friendships, there's an ebb and a flow. And so um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how your life has ebbed and flowed, um, specifically since becoming parents. Some of you not as long as others, but um, yeah, so that's what we're gonna talk about. I'll let you start, Leslie, and then we can pass it down. So I think for myself, I've realized um, that my devotional time is gonna look different and I had to be okay with that. Um, I've had reflective times in the past where I would journal as I was reading the Bible and I've never been like a big note taker. So my poor children won't have like a Bible from mine that's all highlighted and they'll get Josh's. You need to make, start a new one because they're not gonna get one from me. But um, I've just noticed that that there are seasons where it is not an option. Even if you set your alarm early to have the time with the Lord before, there's gonna be the days where your kids wake up sick or there's gonna be the day where you are up all night and you just really can't wake up early. And I think what I've learned is that I just need to have grace for myself because I'm not gonna hit that every day. 
And the Lord's not upset at me if, if I'm missing our, our scheduled time. You know, he's not gonna find me for rescheduling like a doctor's office would. But just making sure that it's still something that I'm doing and I'm still intentional about and giving myself grace when it doesn't happen the way it happened before kids. Or now that I have teenagers, you know, I have kids who sleep through the night now and now I am not so tired when I wake up. But I know there was a season, you know, Uriah didn't sleep through the night until he was five years old. And so I was tired. And so that season did not look like waking up early and having coffee with Jesus. It was like, please snooze another time. So just having the grace and knowing that it's going to look different than it is right now. And that's, that doesn't mean I'm slacking. Yeah. Yeah. I think like what pastor Leslie was saying, mine is definitely uh, my time with the Lord since I'm in kind of the toddler stage and an eight month old stage. I don't know. Uh, it definitely isn't as long as it used to be. And it's not as like, oh, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. and spend an hour with the Lord like it used to be. Um, but for me, it's so much deeper and so much richer um, because in this season of my life, it's always been a necessity, but I've realized what a necessity it is. Uh, before I had kids, when I didn't get time with the Lord and I was off, uh, just morally or off, emotionally, it affected me. And, and maybe my husband. Uh, but now when I'm in that place uh, where I'm not spending time with the Lord, it affects my kids. That's right. And that's such like a heavy weight to carry um, and a good weight. But without Jesus, without my time with Jesus, I'm not a good mom. I know there's all those like you scroll Instagram or you scroll TikTok and it's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know you're a good mom. Uh, scripture says that humans alone, they're not good. Uh, yeah. And so if you can't even be a good human without God, how are you going to be a good mom without God? Yeah. And so it's gone from maybe I don't have as much time, but it's so much deeper because there's the weight of my children and their future on me in such a healthy way that I'm like, man, like spending time with the Lord is so beautiful mm-hmm. and so powerful. And it empowers me to do the things that I need, I need to do as a mom to make sure I'm raising children that are going after the Lord. So yeah. I do it for me and I do it for the Lord, um, but there's just that extra umph uh, to get before him, even if it's, if it's not long. That's so it's, it's been deeper. That's really good. I feel like I'm gonna approach this answer completely different from y'all, but that's okay. Um, so one of the things that I have learned is my time with the Lord is intentional. I have to, I have to be intentional about my my devotional time because I feel like before I had my boys, I, you're able to do anything. You're, you, you know, being single, you know, not, uh, what's the right word? I'm bad with words, sorry. Uh, not being, you know, yeah, you're in charge of your own schedule. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're in charge of your own schedule. And with kids, it's just, you, you're, you're on their schedule. You're yeah, doing right. what they want to do, especially when you have toddlers. Mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. Mommy, let's do this. So my, my time is with the Lord is intentional. And it's, it's been a rocky roller coaster. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a very loving Christian home. And when I decided to, you know, go out and make my own choices, you know, I had, I felt like my relationship with the Lord just kind of dwindled down because I knew, I knew there were consequences for your, for your actions. And I had to be intentional about coming back to the Lord and, mm-hmm. and making time specifically for him. And I, I do that with my boys. You know, I do my devotional times, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the middle of work, if I have 15 minutes, but with the boys, I'm intentional about before we go to bed, we're going to set time. We're going to do a little a little two, you know, read two pages from our children's Bible book. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I feel like um, 
even now, it's a rocky roller coaster because there's so many unknowns. Yeah. But I know that when I'm intentional with my devotional time, like I just feel wrapped and I feel loved and I feel and I feel blessed. So it's good. Um, I was thinking about um, how different times in our lives with our children, how it changes, and it's whenever you have a you know infant, you just think is the is is it ever going to be bedtime? Is it ever going to be bedtime? <laughs> and then, you know, you go on and you got your kids in school and that's a little bit scary. And then they get older and the things change whenever they graduate from high school, when they get married, when they have their own children. And it's, it's just different changes like that, that we have to, as parents, we have to ask God to give us grace to get through those different changes because if we could, we'd keep our kids as little bitty babies in a good mood that did not need their diaper changed and, you know, we just sit there and let us cuddle them all the time. But, but unfortunately, they do grow up. But I had to learn to embrace the changes that God made. And, and, and as my son got older and as he got married and stuff, I learned to accept those changes. And it, it makes life a lot easier, a lot easier. That's good. So I think for me with that, the ebbs and the flows, I mean, I would definitely agree with the, you know, your quiet time looks different, but I think I've just learned to like meet with the Lord wherever I'm at. You know, the word says to never cease your prayers, right? Never cease in praying. And I think I never understood that until I became a mom. And I realized like, okay, I will set my alarm for 5.30 and my kids will wake up at 5.29. You know what I mean? It's like they know. And so I think for me, it was just learning, okay, you know what? okay, I have to roll with the punches. And if you know, I'm a very routine girl. And so for me, that was taking a lot out of me, but I had to learn, you know what? If I'm in the middle and my daughter is having a meltdown and I just will be like, Jesus, you need to out loud. Like Jesus, you need to help me right now because I'm about to, something's gonna happen right now with my daughter. And, and you know what? That's actually taught my daughter sometimes when, she, when I'm frustrated. Now she'll come up to me, like I'll tell her, like my daughter's very intelligent for a three-year-old. So I'll be like, mommy's really frustrated right now, right? So then she will, if I'm seeming frustrated, she'll come up to me and she'll be like, mommy, are you frustrated? It's okay, Jesus loves you. And she'll start singing to me, which I don't do that. I don't know where that kid learned it. But so, you know, it's even like her as a human is reflecting Jesus to me sometimes because there's such a purity in children. And so sometimes, you know, I'll be like, man, my head's hurting. And she'll come up to me and she'll be like, I'm gonna pray for you, mama. I'm gonna pray for your head to stop hurting, you know? And so I think that as much as we're getting to pour into our kids, our kids are just as much getting to pour back into us. And I think that seeing just the purity in their trust and faith in us shows me how I should be with the father. You know, my daughter doesn't often question me. You know, if I say, don't do that, it's dangerous. Well, she's gonna try it once and then she's gonna trust me, right? Like she's gonna be like, oh, mommy said that that's not safe. I don't do that. Or if her little sister tries to do it, no, don't do that because I know I've done that before. Don't do that, right? And I think that that's just shown me, you know, the kindness of the Lord in, in our lives and how he allows us sometimes the freedom to mess up, but he's so kind in helping us not do it again, right? So, um, it's, I think, time. I think we, it's, should we do the last question or what do you think we should do? Okay, so one thing, the very last thing we wanted to talk about a little bit was the mothers in the Bible. And um, as Pastor Leslie and I were kind of figuring out what we wanted to talk about today, one of the things that I felt really strongly was, I think that 
oftentimes we overlook the women. We think of the mighty men of the scripture, but there are a lot of amazing women in scripture, mothers in scripture. A lot of these mighty men grew up to be mighty men because they had praying moms. And so I think that we oftentimes forget that. And there are some amazing women in scripture. One of them that we thought about was Moses's mother, how he just gave Moses up. You know, he was supposed... Moses's mom, I'll make this very brief. Moses's mom was supposed to, in the times she lived in, uh, the Pharaoh had asked them to kill the, every firstborn son. She had her son and she chose not to kill him. She chose to keep him alive. And it says that when she could hide it no longer that he was alive, she put him in the Nile to go down the river. And Ironically, that was the same river that they were supposed to send their dead babies down. So she's sending her son down this river. She doesn't know if she's ever gonna see him again. And she just trusted that she said, I know that the Lord gave me this baby. I'm gonna let him live. And she trusted the Lord enough to just allow him to survive. I don't know if as a mom, I could do that. Um, but there was just such trust in, him, in his mother. And then we, I think of Mary, Jesus's mom, right? She... Um, she was only like 14 years old and um, she was so wise beyond her ears. And when the angel came to her and told her that she was gonna hold, you know, carry Jesus and raise him, she just trusted the Lord um, or trusted God. And, um, you know, I think that there's so much to be learned in that, that, you know, we can be people full of faith and full of trust in the Father. And then the last one that we really thought about was Hannah. If you don't know about Hannah, she's only mentioned a little tiny bit in scripture, but Samuel is her son. First Samuel and second Samuel about her son. Okay, so um, he or she couldn't get pregnant. And she would go every year to the temple and cry out to the Lord for the Lord to hear, heal her. And um, at one of the times she was there, um, she's crying out to the Lord, just so, just grieved that she couldn't have a baby because at, in those times, if you had a baby, it means the Lord had blessed you. So if you had a ton of children, the Lord was clearly blessing you. And she was infertile at that moment. And so she's crying out to the Lord and the Lord, uh, or the priest at the time comes up to her and he's like, why are you, he thought she was drunk. She's like, why, why are you coming in here drunk? And she's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just so grieved. I just want to have my womb opened. And he tells her, okay, whatever you're asking right now, the Lord's gonna grant it. And she believed and she went home and it says in due time, she was pregnant and she had Samuel and she had told the Lord in that prayer. She said, if you give me a child, I will give it right back to you. I can speak as someone who's been there. I don't know if I would do that. You know, like I prayed so hard for my little girl. And I see her and I think, man, do I wanna give her back to the Lord? Like, I love her so much. I, I don't know. She sent him away. It wasn't even like, he, she was like, okay, he's yours, but I get to raise him. No, like she sent him to the temple to be raised. And so by the priests and he was a prophet. And so we see with these women, just a tenacity. We see courage. We see boldness. We see intercessors, which... Jesus is called our great intercessor, right? You know, we see in these women such an example of God the Father and, you know, we see Jesus and we see the Holy Spirit. And so one of the questions I kind of wanted to ask you guys is, is there any woman that you really, like mother, you relate to in the Bible? And um, if so, why? So if you want to start. So I think for me, the one of these three that I related to the most would be Moses' mother. And I think that, the, it's, even though it's not the exact same, I feel like as, as a mom and once we put our kids in the school system or, you know, my daughter just graduated, she's about to go off to college, I have to trust that when they're no longer in my 
distance to touch that he's watching over them and he's protecting them because we can't watch them all the time. There are going to be times when they are away from you. And even though I know that, you know, are prayerfully believing they're going to come back into the house at some point, I have to trust that when, when I am letting them go into the, whatever it is that they're going to do, that even though I can't control it anymore, that God's faithful and that he's watching over them. Yeah, I think mine would also be uh, Moses' mother. Um, when I was reading over the questions from Brooke, I, uh, I forgot my season. My season is I have a daughter with Down syndrome, and so she's two, almost three. Uh, and so we're kind of navigating what life looks like for her uh, and what life looks like for our family. Um, but if you weren't here when she was first born, uh, she was super, super sick. Um, she had multiple holes in her heart. Uh, we ended up in the emergency room multiple times uh, for things that legitimately could have killed her. Um, and before she had her heart surgery, uh, her breathing was horrific. Like I would lay her down at night and I would hear like breathing that every night I thought it was gonna stop. And so I lay beside her. I had this little bassinet by our bed and I would lay her in the bed and I would stay awake like all night until like I physically couldn't keep my eyes open. I would just listen to her breathe to make sure she was taking the next breath. Um, and I was so exhausted. <laughs> I would have my mom take her during the day and I'd sleep all day. I'd wake up to pump and to feed her and then I'd do the same thing at night. And I got to this point uh, with the Lord where I, I knew I needed sleep. I was exhausted and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be a mom because I was so tired. And I got to this point with the Lord uh, where I laid her down on the bassinet and I was like, Jesus, if my daughter, like I'm gonna go to sleep and if I wake up and my daughter's dead, you are good. And I'll work through that with you. And if I wake up and she's alive, you are good. If I never get to see her grow up, you're so good and you're so faithful and we can navigate that season together. And if I wake up and she's alive, we'll navigate that season together. Um, And so I feel like when uh, Moses' mother placed uh, Moses in that basket, we talk about her trusting the Lord, but there's this place with, with trust with the Lord where it's like, I trust you and I know that you're good, but she didn't know that he was gonna make it to the other side alive. Um, and so I, I very deeply relate with her because it was that place of like, I trust the Lord and I know he's good, even if I don't know what, what tomorrow morning looks like. Yeah, yeah. And also she's very good and healthy now. So we're all good. She is, <laughs> yeah. She's very much alive. Um, when I was thinking about that question too, it, I'm not piggybacking off you guys, but I really did think of Moses' mom. Um, she's, yeah, she's a good one. Um, I was... You know, I was reading up on all these women and I felt like I related to her in just the fact that she trusted God. She took her three-month-old baby. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I would not feel comfortable putting my three-month-old baby in the Nile River. When you read about the Nile River too, you read about how there was crocodiles and these snakes. I just would not do that. I wouldn't (laughs) feel comfortable, but she trusted the Lord. And um, I... uh, I have to trust the Lord daily with my children, um, and it's it's difficult. Um, but I trust that God's watching over us and He's protecting us. Um, my five-year-old recently was diagnosed with autism, and that just threw us for a loop. You know, it's it's a whole different. You know, you and I were talking. It's a whole different ball game dealing with a child with some type of you know disability or some type of special needs, but. I'm trusting that God, you know, God's telling us, I got this. I got you. It's going to be okay. Just trust me. And I know it's so, so easy to say, and it's so easy to tell people, trust God, trust God. But to actually live it out and do it, it's a whole nother story. Yep, so that's right. Well, I was kind of looking over the ladies and praying about 
which one, and it came to me about Naomi, and she was a mother-in-law like I am. I am very blessed. I have a wonderful daughter-in-law. She's got a wicked, funny sense of humor. I love her, and we laugh at our husbands together. <laughs> her, she laughs at my son. I laugh at my husband. It's a good time, but anyhow, I was thinking of Naomi and how some of us, our idea of motherhood was not exactly what God brought us through. That we don't always get a conventional family. We don't get a conventional motherhood. And Naomi, she had her husband and her sons die. And she was miserable about it. And we went through a time when we lost our church home. And within a couple years, our son, and we only have one, he moved to Pennsylvania for ministry. And it was so hard to see my two precious little grandsons, one was two and one was four, and see them move 1,700 miles away. But since then, we've got to be with them now and then whenever we can. But going through this, I was so bitter, y'all. I was... Oh, man, you would have not liked me one bit. I was bitter. I was mad at God. I said, how is it that every single other person has this perfect life? And my kids are almost 2,000 miles away. I was just mad. And just like Naomi, she, her name meant pleasantness and grace. And she threw that aside, and she dumped on top of herself the name of misery and, and bitterness. And I did that. I took the, the name and the calling that God gave me and I just dumped on it bitterness. And when Naomi pushed away her daughter-in-laws, one left, but one didn't. Ruth pushed back. And God is like that. When we push him back and we push him aside, he will be like Ruth and he will push us right back and he will bring people in your lives that will push you back. I am so grateful for Kathy that invited us here in the first place. She pushed back. And when we got here, I couldn't believe it that first Sunday we were leaving out and there was Pastor Josh standing out there to greet us and say hello whenever we left. Made us feel like we mattered so much. I can just look around this room and I see so many of you that pushed back. You pushed back when I needed to be pushed so bad. And I thank you. And if you're going through a situation that you're not a mom yet, or you've lost your husband, or you're not even married yet, and you don't understand it, just let God push back. Because when it came to the end, Ruth was better to Naomi than seven sons. And God used Ruth so that Naomi and Ruth could be a blessing. And now, almost 5,000 years, we're still talking about Ruth and Naomi. So God has, you know, just because you're not being the conventional mama, you don't matter to God because he's got a big plan. Amen. That's so good.